Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. My name, of course, is Sunny. I'm your host. I am here with my co-host, Caleb. Hello! Hello! And before we get too far in, we want to thank all of our wonderful patrons. So, a huge thank you to Cam Yang. Dragon shields are the only protection I use. (laughs) (laughs) That's a problem. No, that's a good one. Well... it depends on your perspective. Perspective. Yeah. Zephyrius, Austin Johnson, Kane Martin, AGH Cyber, Josh Rosen, Marshawn Jones, Zyphorus, Yeet the Feet, AD Anthony, Leela, Dank Nugs, Earth Machine, Best Deck, Epi. Has anyone actually read Toy Vendor? Yes, that is exactly Giant Skyhawk has read it. Broken. I am McLincoln, Mountain Man, Oatmeal, Spaghetti, Owen Alvarado, Pig, Rudolph, Sprite, Farter. Stop right there, Criminal Scum. Buy Dragon Shield now. I swear we didn't put anyone up to this, okay? <laughs> That's already two of them, Jesus. Yeah. Super Ancient Deep CDs Nuts King Coelacanth. <laughs> <laughs> These are getting really com- These are getting really um, convoluted. Yes, but also very like uh, what's the word? There's a word for that. Not in depth, but and convoluted. I guess doesn't feel like quite the right word. Yeah, not quite the right intent and intonation. I, there, I'll come. There's a word for that, and I'll come up with it in a minute when when it's too late. Um, tier limit best deck. Tier limits having this floodgate in your mouth. The Hoover Dam is a floodgate. Unbanned number ninety five. Konami understanding and reading are two different things. Virtually Savior's World. Zingus Khan. Aaron Gardner. Asami. Brandon Potter. Dragon Maidenless Behavior. That's still my favorite. I I just I love that name. <laughs> Jerry Beans, man. Long Rang Long Land is my favorite One Piece arc. Nordic Best Deck, Old Man Red, Pin Code 143, Ray Powell, Shockmaster Did Nothing Wrong, Slaking It Up, Stop Crying About Called By, It's Balanced. Wait, what? There's no way I can legally say that. Why? Yes, I can say that. VFD's nuts in your mouth. 
By the way, that is two different names. That was one person that made their name and then somebody else that completely changed their name just to make it play off the other one. It's amazing. So. Gotta love it when a plan comes together. Honestly. And it, it definitely has come together in that particular circumstance. So. Uh, we also want to thank, of course, the wonderful sponsors. So, as I'm sure you heard, there was a there was some Dragon Shield promotional uh, patron names of all things, and we do want to thank Dragon Shield. So, Dragon Shield is uh, a sponsor of the podcast. They, of course, make some of the most high quality TCG accessories in the world. Because they're one of the largest manufacturers in the world. They make binders, they make sleeves, deck boxes, play mats, all of those things that you need to protect your shiny cardboard. If you're interested in picking up some wonderful Dragon Shield products that give you this awesome hand shuffling noise in here. If you want that awesome, awesome hand shuffle feel, be sure to check out Dragon Shield. We have an affiliate link. It does support the podcast if you click on it and shop using that link. And also if you click our tcg player affiliate link before you shop those both out help out the podcast a ton right now we're in the process of saving for new microphone arms because ours are pretty much completely worn out and new microphones so if you want to support the podcast no extra cost to you you can just click the affiliate links down below and if you want to go the extra mile get get your name read out you can also join our patreon and the last thing, last shameless self promote or shameless plug and promotion until last, last later. One we, the last one we promised about halfway through. Right. Uh, of course, we want to thank the wonderful Millennium Threads. So Millennium Threads is an Etsy store where you can get Yu-Gi-Oh themed products. We now have a coupon code Top Cut Ten, which will be in the description down below, as well with as well as a link to the Etsy store. You can get some amazing products. I know people in the Discord server were, were very happy. They were getting like crush card virus embroidered uh, hats and hoodies and stuff. And if you use the code, the code do, using the code does help support us. And it also gets you 10% off. So be sure to check all of that out. Like I said, there's links to everything down below. And with that said, let's crack on into the meta. Woo! So... This is something that we don't actually do a lot. Normally we spend time talking about cards, going over news, different things like that. But if I'm being completely honest, I've been listening to a lot of the goo cast. So for those that don't know, not to, you know, uh, not, not, not to, not to send our listeners off in other places, you know, but, uh, recently pack has started up his own regular podcast. That will be a weekly airing podcast with Nesh and they are two high level creators and players and they in fact they they want to put so much time into their content creation and actually spending time on the podcast and spending time on their YouTube channels and Twitch streams that they actually left luxury gaming to devote more time to content creation um I think the way that they worded it on the last podcast was they wanted to pursue content creation in a more involved way. And they didn't necessarily think it was the best for them to be in these testing circles with all these high level players and then withholding good information from their, from their 
from the people that take advice from them when they could put that information out there. So in an attempt to be able to put more information out there and they started to do this thing called the goo cast. Now the goo cast is in my opinion, maybe the best source of in-depth meta analysis, in-depth meta study. And it to go through on a week by week basis and take lessons learned from the events of the previous week and apply them in the immediate term and talk about the shifts in the meta, the way the meta is evolving and different things like that made me want to kind of go back to what the roots of this podcast were really supposed to be when we created it, right? Yeah, yeah. So my interest has always been in the meta. I'm a very meta-focused player. I don't play retro formats a ton, kind of just sparingly when we're trying to kill time. Yeah, and and also anytime it's like, I have nothing better going on that weekend. There's a retro tournament, might as well. Right, and that's kind of where I'm at on retro. I, I don't really make dedicated trips to places just for Edison or Goat or Plant Synchro or anything like that. I just show up, and if there's somebody that wants to play, I usually keep Edison, Plant Synchro, and right now I'm working on 2014 Nationals decks, but I usually keep a deck or two for each format with me, but for the most part, I'm there to play meta. I'm there to play high-level competitive. I think there's, there's lessons from those retro formats that can be applied to the meta. Things like conserving resources and labbing out your lines and understanding your combos and your pathways early. But for the most part, I think that the best way to get better at meta is to maybe improve your testing circle and get the right advice from the right people. So... We cover a lot of news and notes and things, but I want to spend at least a little bit more time every now and then really exploring the meta, exploring the shifts in the meta and things like that. So what we wanted to do today, or I'll be honest, what I wanted to do, because I don't know how you would describe yourself, Caleb, but I, I would describe myself as very a meta oriented player. Okay, so if you go on like kind of a kind of like a uh, gradient of sure. casual to meta, I am on the more meta half, but not all the way over where I am. Yeah, slapping face first into the meta wall. I'm like about like two feet behind you, just laughing at you because you just slammed slammed your face into a wall. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so the way I kind of like to look at it is if you have a how would you say to me the graph of kind of where somebody like prioritizes meta isn't like a linear graph right yeah yeah like i said it's, it's kind of a great it's kind of a gradient scale or a well what i mean, what I mean is word either. I, my mom's a math teacher so like in my head it's like it's not a linear graph which would be just be a straight line right yeah, yeah. you have an x-axis and a y-axis and the line is a straight line. The more further you go, the higher you are into the meta, right? The more yeah. you into the meta you are. It, to me, it's more of a of a curve. It's it's a it's a oh, what's the word? Not linear, but a. Um, oh gosh, I I know that there's teachers that listen to this podcast, and they're just gonna get on Discord and come at me in the morning when this comes out. But yeah. it's late and I had a long day. 
It is a, an exponential. Exponential Ex graph. There it is. Okay, so you have an exponential graph or an exponential curve. And the further you go into the meta, the deeper you get into it. So it's at a point where people that aren't in the meta at all are so out of the meta that they don't even know what decks are being played. Yeah. And then you go a little bit further and you have people that are maybe aware of the meta and then you get further in and you have people that are, they like the meta, enjoy the meta, but they play more rogue and casual strategies. Then you have people that are focused on like tier two and tier three decks because they maybe don't want to or can't invest yeah. a huge amount of time, effort, energy, and money into the meta. And then you have the people that are like all in on the meta. Yeah, who who will gladly spend a grand right. on a deck every six months. And unfortunately, that's where I am. I can't afford to do it, but that's where I am. Yeah, it's, it's if you had the money, you would 100% do it. Yes, and, I, and the thing that comes with that is keeping up with the meta on not just a macro level of understanding, well, this deck and this deck and this deck are good, but a micro level of understanding this deck has six different versions and this is what each of those versions do. This deck has four. This is what each of those do. And coincidentally, we're going into the micro level of Sprite and Tier Limit today. Yes, which currently are the two best decks in the room. Well, I wouldn't say the two best decks, but the two newest Tier 1 decks in the room. I would call them the two best decks. That, that's fair. I, <laughs> I wouldn't even say it's close. I was trying to be nice with Sword Soul. Nice for Sword Soul, I, I love Sword Soul. I'm still playing Sword Soul because I think that Sword Soul is actually a really cool deck with a very cool matchup into both of those decks. Sword Soul is not meta representative at all at the moment, which is crazy because a month or two months ago, it was maybe the best deck in the meta. Yeah. Right now, it's just a th it's a thing that's on the it's on the brink of being a, like people are almost considering this deck unplayable. Which is crazy because Rika just won Euros. Yeah. And Rika is, for all intents and purposes, the same thing as Sword Soul. The thing that Rika does differently is it ends on one extra type of interruption. So, a good way to quantify this. Sword Soul typically ends on two types of interruption. Three if you're lucky and you have hand traps. Yeah. So, Sword Soul is going to end on on-field disruptions... It's going to end on a back row disruption, searchable spell trap, usually, and hopefully hand traps. Rika is going to end on an on-field disruption, a searchable spell trap, and a graveyard effect. Oh. And having that extra form of interaction in a format where Dark Roller is so prevalent, in a deck that can also run Rivalry and Mystic Mine and have in-archetypal outs to both, Yeah. or have in-archetypal outs to cards like Mystic Mine and can play around it and play with it and play through it, those decks are the the way that it was explained on the roast. I'll be honest, the most recent episode of the GooCast, right? This is where a lot of my information, this is where a lot of the thought processes that I'm having are are jumping from. Let's just I'll be very honest here. So the deck that could play all of those things the best was kind of the Marcus Patel who won euros that was his thought process so with that said i think that there's something to be said for sword soul because it is a very interesting deck i think that it breaks boards maybe better than rika I could be wrong about that i don't know all the ins and outs of rika yeah but i think that 
I think that Sword Soul has some cool interactions and can play into boards very well. But at the end of the day, Sprite and Tailorman are the two best decks. And I don't think yeah. there's any, like, I don't think there's even, like, a way to quantify how much better they are. Okay, fair enough. I'd like Zao to try and be nice with Sword Soul. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's totally fair. <laughs> I think if you look at a pie chart right now, it would be somewhere along the lines, I think most people would say... As far as meta representation, if I was going to a tournament right now, I would expect to see like 40-ish percent tier limit, mm -hmm. like 35 to 40 percent sprite, and about 20 to 25 percent other. Okay. Well, this is kind of very pertinent. Of that percentage, then, in your opinion, on the 40 percent of tier limit, because right now, isn't like Sprite the better deck between the two for now? Do you think that's people? Um, do you think that's people uh, just going ahead and picking it up now uh, before the Shizu stuff comes out? Because once that comes out, that's. I think Sprite was expected to be the better of the two decks. I could be wrong. Sprite is very, very good. The top eight representation of Sprite in Euros was Euros was fifty percent Sprite in top eight. Yeah, yeah, which is, you know, obviously very well earned. Yeah, four of top eight in Euros. That's very good. There was one in top four. Three of them lost in top four and in top eight. Interesting. Yes. And you just shuffled that entire deck in upside down. I'll fix it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I got to have some. I got to be sitting there playing with someone. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, I, did, I was like watching out of the corner of my eye. I was like, oh, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> I saw the entire deck like just get riffled in upside down i was like oh yeah my bad <laughs> anyway i should probably get like a like a uh fidget cube or something oh yeah yeah yeah. so i think that I, I think that going into the event people were expecting sprite to be the most well-known and the most well cited for right well cited for most prepared for most expected to see deck in the room which says something about the fact that its representation was as high as it was yeah for people to be planning for it and expecting it and it just being so dominant anyway yeah speaks volumes to the power of the deck which is interesting because uh in my personal experience with the pokemon card game real quick sure um back this was back during uh, Sun and Moon uh, World Champ. Not Sun, yeah, Sun and Moon World Champions. Shit, back at the time, this was an actual World Champions. This is a regional I went to before. Um, a buddy of mine, I went in for VGC. It's not the point. A buddy of mine went in for uh, the actual card game, and he brought what was previously in the pre literally like two two weeks ago the best deck in the room. You're right. Um, not a single one of those decks ma uh, made top that that two weeks later. No new cards came out. Pokemon doesn't really have a ban list. They have they have set, set rotations. Right, right. So everything was the exact same. But people just kind of went, this is the meta. This is the deck to beat. Exactly. And specifically built around beating that deck. So it did not have a chance. Exactly. So I think that there's something to be said for a deck that has that kind of a representation still doing that well yeah that that's very good but to me you almost cannot expect that deck to win the event for that reason yeah, yeah. i'm not saying it can't a good deck's gonna win right yeah 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 but i think that when you have the entire room targeting that deck it makes it a bad choice for the event 
Whereas if you look at something like the Tealament deck. Which doesn't have a giant crosshair on its back. Well, not as much as Sprite. Yeah, did. it's got a smaller crosshair. So, yeah. <laughs> when you so, But when you look at a deck like that, the thing that you have to keep in mind about Tier Limit versus Sprite, Tier Limit is, has two things that are kind of going against it, really. One is that it's a casino deck. Let's be honest. There's yeah. a certain amount of... There's the variance in tier limit is going to be higher than the variance in sprite. Just due to the just, mechanics of the way the deck works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole milling off the top. You got to get lucky that you mill what you need. If you don't, you can't do anything. Right. And no matter how much you mill, no matter how good you can theoretically mill, mathematically, you should mill this amount, this amount of the time, whatever. No matter what, there's always going to be a rudimentary certain amount of miss just hit it you just yeah. hit it wrong you miss yeah sometimes you hit sometimes you miss now there are ways to play into that and play around that but it's a thing you have to account for it yeah bro i feel it every single time i, act- I activate blue tanks excavate to search right half the time i half the time i hit some half the time i miss right completely with the other thing about tier limit that's really overlooked is especially with some of the versions that we're actually going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. The deck has a really, really high skill ceiling. The deck, the way... Not... G- hmm. Okay. Let's take a deck like Sprite. Or Sword Soul. I can better talk about Sword Soul. Yeah. Sword Soul is what I would consider to a certain point to be kind of a big brain deck. It... It has its moments, being on the opposite side of the table, uh, playing against you specifically with Sword Soul. Right. So, Sword Soul has a lot of different ways that it can go about a lot of different lines. You, whether you're going to use the Tenyis early, whether you're going to hold them, whether you're going to go into the Sword Soul cards early, hold hold your normal summon, yeah, whether not, interaction, whatever. Yeah, yeah, whether or not you're just going to go Shrug, Special, uh, Ecclesia the Virtuous. Right. And then whether or not to even bother activating her effect or leaving her on the field and then normal summoning something yeah it's just yeah there's so many ways that you can go about interacting especially going second but the thing about tier limit is in sword soul your hands are always going to be they're gonna have a certain amount of linearness just because you only get five cards in your opening grip you only draw one card per turn yeah. Right. You can search all you want. You can add as many cards to your hand as you want. But at the end of the day, you're still looking to grab the same cards first most of the time. You're still wanting to, you know, if I open with an emergence, a lot of times, ninety for nine percent of the time, I'm gonna go get Mogi. Yeah, unless especially you're already, going first. Unless you already have one in your hand, in which case you'll go grab like a long one. Exactly. Or, yeah. So, and to a certain extent, that can inform my opponent about my hand. Mm-hmm. But with Tier Limit, because so much of the deck is just scratching off a lottery ticket. You have to completely sequence everything differently every time. You never know whether or not you're going to hit your tier limits first or whether or not you're going to hit a king of the swamp early or whether or not you're going to hit a shit all beast early. You never know. Yeah. So as a result, there's so much variance that this, it elevates the skill ceiling in a way that's really interesting because it's not that it makes the deck necessarily worse. Just, 
Sometimes it can be more difficult to pilot. Sometimes it can be linear and other times it's just really difficult to pilot and which makes it really difficult to interact with. So tier limits is a deck that can be really great, but it can also be just garbage. It's, it just depends on the day. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I think Christian Urana might've had a point. I think it was Christian Urana that tweeted this. He's like, I don't know how in the world anybody can play a casino deck for like 19 or 18 rounds at a YCS and expect to do well. And he's got a point, but I think that some different builds go about it in a different way that can yeah, a kinda, little safer. But Yeah, kind of manipulate everything a little bit where you come out on top more often than not. Right, exactly. So let's why don't we start with tier limit, right? We've been focusing on it a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. And I think we can uh we only we have way less tier limit to talk about, so we'll knock that out. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. So let's talk about pure tier limit first. Yeah. So pure tier limit I say pure. It's like 90% pure. They run like King of the Swamps, uh, Shit All Beasts sometimes. Right. Sometimes. I've seen a couple builds that also run Squamata, like one copy of Squamata as an additional... Right. Shit All Name to Hit. Yeah, yeah. So the interesting thing about a quote-unquote pure tier limit build is that they're always going to run these kind of like staple tech cards, like you said, King of the Swamps, things like that. And they can tech in things like a One Beast and a Squamata. But really, your main forms of interaction with that build, if they're going first, are things like Drago Stapalia being on board. Millennium Eyes Restrict is a big one. Yeah. Sometimes they'll put up a Winda, and sometimes they'll put up a Kaliga if they hit one on your turn. Mm-hmm. So th- that's the kind of things that you need to look out for against that deck is you need to understand that if you activate a monster effect, they can use the Havness out of their hand to mill three cards. Which can then fire off a bunch of effects. and Right. And, just become- and also their traps fire off effects too. Mm-hmm. So they have a continuous trap that is, that's basically an imperm. And then they have one that's basically a Book of Moon. So And then if they go to Grave, they do different things. Yeah. So I would say that with this version of the deck, it has a lower ceiling both skill ceiling and power ceiling but it also has a bit higher of a floor so less explosive and for now i think that this is maybe not quite the worst but it's it's not the way i would play the deck yeah yeah so the next version we're i want to talk about is the despia version Okay. Yeah, that's obviously they use like despia fusions with albaz and stuff right right so you can use branded fusion and you can use Fallen of Albaz and then one of your tier limit monsters and go into branded plays. And then your tier limit monsters will also trigger when they're sent from the deck off branded Which fusion. gets your tier limit stuff going. Right, exactly. And then even if you completely whiff, you still have all your branded stuff sitting there being a threat. Right, absolutely. So there is a certain amount of high power level with the branded version of the deck. Branded Fusion is one of the most broken cards <laughs> that's out there right now. Right up, up there with Shadal Fusion. I would say it's w- way more broken than Shadal oh, Fusion. Yeah. Oh, no, no, but I'm saying it's up there with it. Shadal Fusion is also one of the most powerful fusion spells in the game. Right. It's like Red Eyes Fusion or even... Red Eyes Fusion, um, Fusion Destiny. Fusion Destiny, yeah. Uh, Shadal Fusion and Branded Fusion. Like the four best fusion spells in the entire game. Honestly, Neos Fusion is also really broken. It just doesn't have a payoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well... 
the nearest thing to pay off its god is like Grand Neos, and that's about it. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, Rain- Rainbow Neos. Rainbow Neos. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Either Grand Neos or Rainbow Neos. Grand Neos is letting you bounce something from your opponent's field back to their hand. Rainbow Neos, Neos being big. I think Rainbow Neos has like a negate effect or something like that. Anyway, anyway that's not important. Yeah. Not what we're talking about. So. The thing about the Despia version of the deck is that I think it gives you a lot more consistency and explosiveness, but at the same time, I th- it's also brickier. So it doesn't really have quite the ways to get the mills off because I think you cut down on the tier limit package a little bit. Yeah, to make sure you can fit everything for the Alabaz package. Yeah, but then again, I don't think the Alabaz package is huge either. Well, I mean, because, like, the biggest thing the Albaz package really brings to the table, in my opinion, not not the biggest, but one of the bigger things, sure. is your opponent's got, like, a big, like, let's say they have a Borload Savage Dragon. You're like, yeah, can't out that. There's no way I can do that. Set Albaz, contact views. Right, yeah. Can't They, they can't do anything about it. <laughs> right. The other thing to watch out for with this deck is really super poly. Not not just with the Albaz version, but like just in general. Oh yeah, yeah. No, Super so. Poly is rough because usually they're running Mud Mud Dragon of the Swamp and Garura. Yeah. Right. For the uh, yeah, because they have like I think they have like opposite requirements. Like, like I think Mud Dragon is two monsters of the same type with different attributes, and I think Garura is two monsters of the same attribute but different types. So Garura, I just happen to have one in front of yeah. me. Uh, two monsters with the same type and attribute, but okay. different names. Okay, got it. And I think Mud Dragon is yeah, the same, same attribute, attribute. Different types. Different types, right. Yeah, because he can, like, type modulate. It's so hilarious that um, the... Or you can attribute modulate. Yeah, that's what I said. You said type. Oh, my bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I said type. I was thinking attribute. Yeah. The thing that's so interesting to me about the Sword Soul end board... Is that if you end on like a Qi Xiao Cheng Ying, mm-hmm. uh, it's not really susceptible to you can't super poly those away into either of those. Yeah, uh, and then they are also different attributes anyway, so you can't even um, my dragon. Yeah. Oh no, no, I'm saying you, you, they're also not dark, so you can't make Dracos Topelia right, or right, Starving right. Venom Fusion Dragon. Exactly. Um, technically, I think uh, I think one of the reasons why they run this Klamata is then you can just like normal summon this Kamada and super poly away literally any attribute depending upon what uh extra El Shadal is right, running right because then it uh, eliminates that as a problem but the issue is that then you gotta run uh if you wanna hit everything properly you gotta run Amokulus I don't even know what Amokulus is is it the water one? it's the water one Ugh. so she's 2800 she's big the problem is is that as long as she's on the field she is a constant abyss dweller which is terrible for for both players, because especially for the tier element or Shadal player, that's terrible. Yeah, yeah. But she's real big, um, like twenty eight hundred. Plus, yeah. she's got the El Shadal stuff. Um, yeah, but like, but keep yeah, like I said, she she is Abyss Dweller, but for both players, because I remember Abyss Dweller is one sided. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's like she she's she's the second worst El Shadal. Right. Okay, so if I'm ranking the tier limit builds just to kind of like steer us back, yeah, yeah, I would say Despia I think is actually the weakest, just because it's already kind of a gamble deck, and then you're adding in like a little bit of brickiness to it, and it just 
it's rough. Yeah, if it yeah. doesn't work out, it really doesn't work out. Yeah, but it but it also kind of helps. It raises the power ceiling. Yeah, but but it, I mean, it also kind of eliminates the possibility of, oh, my opponent made Abyss Dweller. I can't do anything. I guess, yeah. It gives you the capability of at least putting on an Albaz fusion and running over the Abyss Dweller. Yeah. Like, bare minimum. Which, by itself, can sometimes be exactly what you need to just hit for game. Yeah. So, the so you have the Despia version, to me, at the bottom. Then you have the Pure version, which I think is a little bit more versatile. I just think that you can consistently go into... You, it's a little bit more consistent with its mills and stuff. Yeah, because there's not as many things to mill that don't do anything. Right. The next up... <clears throat> In my opinion, is uh, I, I messed up. I gotta go check my list again. There you go. I had it right in front of me. Uh, oh yeah, Tillament Punk. So the Tillament Punk is really really cool. Well yeah, because well, yeah, you can do fusion plays, but then if like your meals don't turn out right, you can just shrug and start doing uh, Punk Synchro plays. Yeah, exactly. So the Punk engine in the deck kind of gives it a different direction that it can steer. And I think that's another way that you raise the power ceiling. And I don't think that it lowers the floor. I don't think it's quite as bricky. It gives you another decent normal summon. Because otherwise your only decent normal summon is Rhinoheart. Yeah. And also you can you have an easy line into Chaos Ruler to mill five off the top. Yeah, and then add a light or dark, but doesn't matter because then they're you're gonna get a bunch of effects off anyway as long as you're not unlucky and just mill a single dark and you have to add it to your hand yeah 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 like you mill like the one you needed to mill and that's the only viable target you mill (laughs) which is unfortunate Mill like uh gamma driver crow the one you want and like in a right right i don't know crow is crow is dark but like another oh yeah yeah you get what i mean yeah it's but I think that the, uh, I'll, I'll be honest, this is the, probably the deck in the entirety of today's episode. This The punk version of this deck is the deck I probably know the least about, but this the punk version does give you pretty decent lines to get into Curious more easily. So Ooh. having access to Curious is really key. But there's another version of the deck that does it even better, which is the Danger build. Woo! I think that the Danger Curious build is probably the best version of Tier Limit at this time. Yeah. Because the ability to either very powerfully and consistently go into Curious, and then very consistently using Curious be able to mill out your monsters, that's powerful. The, the ability to not have to rely on the gamba yeah right and then of course there's always the option of oh no i opened a bunch of monsters that i want discarded and a danger monster right just set everything you don't want discarded and then go yeah affect the danger exactly so then no matter what you're winning yep exactly because yeah, you'll either discard the danger get its effect which could be anything from bigfoot pop uh jackalope special summoning another one sujinoko special summoning itself right or uh thunderbird blah 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 yes 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 and even the bad dangers still perform the they still do the job of pitching one yeah reveal and then your opponent it's well the one gets randomly selected to be discarded right right i think that i really do think though that having consistent lines into curious 
to mill not only your tier limit cards, but also if you wanted to mill something other than tier limits, because let's say your engine is all the way online already, you're not worried about trying to mill, mill, mill more, you can do something like send a snow, mm-hmm. or you can send one of your trap cards to go into a different direction. Curious just gives you the ability to do so many things so consistently and so powerfully. So In that's, addition to what you would normally do. Yes, and I think that the danger build gives you a little bit more options if your hand is bricked up full of tier limit cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, of these, like I said, I would rank them the danger tier limit at the top. I think that that's the best version of the deck until the Ashizu stuff comes out. Then you have the punk version. Then you have the pure version. And then you have the Despia version. And I would say that any version of tier limit that you play, I would not play a hand traps. I don't think yeah, that yeah. the hand traps perform well in the deck. I think that yeah, you're, you're just going to mill them. Yeah, and I think you're better off with a different form of interruption and board breakers and things. So yeah, or like you know, just kind of sitting on a pair of Draco's Topelias and a Millenniumizer Strict, and then your opponent start making a win before they have a chance to normal summon. Well, that's really dangerous. If you, <laughs> but see that that's right there. That's the weakness of the of the pure build mm-hmm. is that it plays really 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 hard into dark ruler no more well, which is such an incredibly prevalent card at the moment well because like you need like because like that with that kind of build though even if your opponent activate not build like that kind of board even if your opponent activates dark ruler no more you can just after it resolves you can then just make a window and sit on it you could right it, it just depends on how you're able to interact with your opponent yeah yeah um I saw one game where where the, where where the Chillerman player ended on a Millennium Eyes and one Dragos Topelia, and their opponent oh, first thing they did Dark Roller no more, and they went it's good, and after it they activated sure. something and just went and just, probably Havnus to mill three, yeah, and then just kind of went off made another Dragos Topelia unnegated, and the window, right, yeah. The deck is cool. Having ways to play around it is cool. Just, you know, just be better and have Call by the Grave and DD Crow for all their effects that activate in the grave and you just win. It's easy. Yeah, exactly. Five head. Okay, so let's take just a moment to thank our sponsor. So a huge thank you to ETB Games in Alexandria, Louisiana. Super cool dudes. Absolutely. ETB is your one-stop shop for all of your card game needs. They have all of your singles and sealed product, as well as all of your deck boxes, sleeves, play mats, binders, etc., for all the card games that you love. They also have everything that you need for your tabletop gaming needs. You can get everything that you need for your Pathfinder games, your Dungeons and Dragons, whatever, figurines, full play mats, uh, dice, things like that. Get it all there. Be sure to check out ETB Games. Their link is in the description down below. Now, let's go ahead and talk about Sprite. Sprite is the other big, big deck in the room. People really expect Sprite to have the highest representation on a day-by-day basis. And it does. Sure. So let's talk about kind of what makes Sprite tick and the things that we expect to see with it. So there's about uh, about six different builds, five or six different builds of Sprite yeah, yeah. that you can reasonably expect to see on a plus Just, or minus because then you also, right because then there's also like the weird combinations of builds where they're running like a little bit of this build a little bit of that build right you could literally see any of the five that i'm about to list 
you could see any of them mixed. Well, you could see any of them on a feature match in, in, at YCS Rio yeah, this weekend. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Reasonably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or you could see them at the Chaos Line Monthly. You, these are all very good builds that you could just see. Yep. So, and they all kind of do close to the same thing that we're going to talk about, but there's a couple of exceptions, but for the most part, they're all... So, for example, we have Sprite Diva, right? It's Sprite, but Deep Sea Diva. Right, so... You're running Sprite, and most of these Sprites are all running a frog engine. So three swaps, yeah. one Ronin. And you just assume they all have frogs. Yeah, and maybe a dupe. And I'll say if they don't have frogs, but all most of the ones we're going to talk about do. So you're running your Sprite package, you know, three Jets, three Blues, the Carrot, the Red, the Starters, the Smasher, etc. You're also running the frog engine, like I said. One Ronin, three swaps, maybe a dupe, depending on who you are. Yeah. And this build is going to run three Deep Sea Diva. So, on a rare occasion, you'll see uh, you'll see uh, three Deep Sea Diva, one Deep Sea Sentry as just another target for the Diva. So I know that some of them were doing the Atlantean uh, Dragoon Marksman, maybe Marksman. Heavy Infantry. Atlantean Heavy That's Infantry. It, yeah, Heavy Infantry. Yeah, it, it's a level that- two that you can summon off Diva, and then when you activate. If you summon it off Diva and then go straight into Gigantic Sprite, you can activate Gigantic Sprite, and then when you detach later as part of the effect, you can detach the Heavy Infantry and then get a pop. Oh, is Gigantic Sprite water? No. Oh, I thought so I thought it had to be like sent to Graveyard for the effect of a water monster. Um, or what am I thinking of? I think it just has to be... Uh, Am I just wrong? Is it water? Well then, why does it get... Hold on. I'm looking at heavy infantry. There, There's an... Absolutely... An... I, like I said, I could also just be misremembering the card. Uh... When this card is sent to the graveyard for the activation of water monster's effect, target one face-up card your opponent controls, destroy the target. To be fair... I swear there's a way to trigger it. I swear, okay? <laughs> to be fair... Um, theoretically, you could, like... If you have two Divas in your hand, you can normal summon one Diva. Activate effect, special summon the Heavy Infantry. Effective Heavy Infantry to normal summon the other Diva effect to bring out the second Diva. There's a way to do it. I, I forget what it is. I'm just gonna be honest. I forgot. There's a way to do it. Yeah. There's a way to really abuse Heavy Infantry for the sake of getting a pop. Anyway... The point is, sometimes they'll run a heavy infantry, whatever. Yeah. But for the most part, it's a diva package. And something like a typical line would be, you can go normal summon deep sea diva, special summon deep sea diva, use those to make Halky Fibrax. Halky Fibrax affects summon another diva. Then you go the diva and the Halky Fibrax to summon a gigantic. Gigantic effect, summon a blue... Then you do. I mean, also- blue and search, blue search jet jet summon, and search a starter, and then you go overlay blue and jet to make cat shark, and then detach one from cat shark, make make it to where gigantic sprite can attack twice. Yeah, and gigantic sprite or no, it doubles the attack. That's what it does. Yeah, yeah. Gigantic Sprite at that point is 6,400 attack because it its original attack doubles 
for its own effect because it yeah. used Hulk. And then the... Oh, gosh. I'm thinking too hard. Yeah, and then the cat shark doubles it again. Making it 64. And then that cat is um, 6,900. Nice. And then you can do Sprite Starter. And that's, I think, Blue, for example, if you just summon Blue at the deck, is, is another 1,100. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's an OTK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's just literally off of having... Like, one Deep Sea Diva. That's it. One Diva and then, like, one extra card for the... To get that extra little 1,100 in. No, you searched it mid-combo. Oh, I thought you used the starter to get the... Say, normal summon diva, special diva. Make Hulk, get the third diva. Make gigantic. Gigantic summon blue. Blue summon jet. Jet search starter. Oh, and then no, and, and then, then make overlay catch shark. Yeah. And then make catch shark with those two. And then the starter is your next one. Yeah, got yeah. it. Got it. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's it. there's cool OTK lines in the deck. And then also, you can go something along the lines of Deep Sea Diva, make, um, oh, what's it called? Deep Sea Diva, make Halky Fibrax, normal, make Halk. And then you can, however, there's a way you mill out like a substitute, or uh, not substitute, oh god, a substitute, oh my god. <laughs> you mill out a, um, Oh my goodness! Um, I, I think you, it's, it's a way you go into swap frog lines, and oh, then you can I, use Hulk to summon. I think it's giant summons out swap frog, and then affect a swap frog to mill Ronin. No, well, oh, hold on, there. Or something you, like that. You go. Listen, <laughs> I was just trying to figure out these lines. Yeah, I'm trying to remember <laughs> off the top of my head after working all day. It's yeah. like normal summon diva, special summon another diva. If you have a two in hand, you can special a two, like one of your other um, sprite cards. Yeah, jet, blue, carrot, et cetera, red, whatever. And then you oh, you make Hulk, and then after Hulk, you use Hulk to summon an Ash Blossom and Joy Spring. And then you take the two and the Hulk that you have on board summon gigantic gigantic summon swap swap effects and ronin you can use ronin to bounce the ash blossom back to your hand oh okay yeah yeah it's a way to basically search for a hand trap yes yes any tuner hand trap correct so yeah. ash blossom ghost bell are the probably the most relevant ones yeah, right now effect veiler effect veiler right um yeah. ghost ogre if you're in the mirror right cherries and if you're in the mirror actually Right, and realistically, there you have a way. There's ways to extend with it even more to where you can like have the elf on board too. Yeah, yeah. But just off the top of my head, that's just what comes to mind. Yeah, yeah, and like it probably requires having more of the uh, sprite, the sp uh, sp sprites in hand. Well, it's like if you have blue, if the blue is the one you have, you can like normal diva, special diva, special blue, blue search jet, uh, like special jet search starter, and then you've got like four twos on board. Yeah, yeah. Right, and then you can just start linking and doing different things and doing it your gigantic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then but you can kind of figure it out from there. I think that the D.Va build gives the most explosiveness. It's also probably the easiest to telegraph. Yes, because you're going to normal summon that D.Va, and that's going to immediately tell your opponent what you're playing. Well, not just well, it's not just that it'll tell your opponent what you're playing. It'll also more than likely... How do I say this? It'll. I think that the diva build can be a little brickier because you're running like usually like 16 to 18 hand traps. So to me, there's other builds 
Also, the D.Va build, if your board is broken, there's not a lot of recursion in the deck. Yeah, there's no recursion. Which I mean, there fly. is. Yeah. There is. But not as much as something like the Nimble Beaver build. Which we're going to talk about next. Yeah, so the Nimble Beaver build doesn't quite have the explosiveness of the Hauke Fibrax lines. But the Nimble, the Nimble Beaver, when it's summoned, can summon another one from deck or grave. Mm-hmm. So being able to have one come in from grave, and sometimes they'll play the Nimble Angler, which when it's sent from hand or grave to the hand or deck to grave, you can do the, um, you can do the, what do you call it? it? Nimble Angler special summons two Nimble monsters. Yeah, level get three two lower be- nimbles. Yeah, get two beavers out. Right, and then you can go into your lines. Yeah. So there's a couple of different ways to play it. I know I saw one of those, the Nimble version in top eight. I want to say lost to Altergeist, Lars. Shout out Lars for making everybody want to ban mine more than they ever did. <laughs> so the ability to have that extra recursion and still have most of your normal lines is cool. The next version to talk about is the Dark Beckoning Beast build. Which is hilarious to me. Yeah, Dark Beckoning Beast is really similar to the to the nimble beaver version honestly it's just yeah i think it baits interaction a little easier yeah because you can just like normal summon dark beckoning beast search the spell activate the spell search another one special the beast and it's not a lot of commitment it's not a lot of deck size it's three cards yes four you know two spells two beasts oh got it and you can search you can you don't you can't just search the beast you can also add it back from grave okay yeah, yeah. so it that also helps with the recursion yeah yeah and then of course the continuous spell which escapes you at the moment can also add the dark beckoning beast to your hand then normal summon grab the other beast especially the other right, beast, right, right. and just go yeah so it's basically you get one of those four cards in your hand you got full combo something like that yeah now the other thing is you can you can also run like an adventure package. So, also uh, hilarious to me. Uh, well, okay. Actually, I, I'm going to come back. Dark Beckoning Beast and Nimble Beaver to me are really, really similar. I would prefer the, I would prefer the Beaver package over the Beast package because Beavers are cooler. <laughs> uh, the- I think realistically, the yeah. Dark Beckoning Beast package might actually be a little stronger. But not by a lot. The uh, beavers are cooler, and that's worth it to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, because with the beaver package, you also have the angler angle. Yeah, you have the angler. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which can then also give you a backup place. Like, even if you summon a beaver, they negate the beavers. Like, oh, no. Angler effect. Right. And you get two beavers out anyway. Yeah. So, the... I think that they all have their own, all their own pros and cons. I think that the diva hero, the diva hero, diva hero. Oh my yeah. God. I've been playing. I said earlier, I don't play that much retro. Every time I say diva, I just instinctually put hero, next. hero behind it. Cause, Cause I, it, I played it for in Edison. No, that it's like, it's like one of the only, it's like one of exactly two times where diva has been viable. No, not viable before, but before. like, like really crazy good. Yeah, before, not including now. It's always had extensive meta playability. Always. Yeah, but the issue is how uh, it doesn't always have a deck that can actively, you know, abuse it. Abuse it. 
uh, the only in the past, the only decks I've really been able to abuse it before Sprite was uh, Diva Hero, which was not a deck at the time. Yeah, that 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 was that was kind of a in hindsight, this deck could have existed and probably should have. Right. And uh, what was the other one called? It was like the water pile where it was like Atlanteans and Mermail and Deep Sea Divas and Moulin Glacia. Right. Whatever that deck was. I don't know. I think people just call it straight up Mermail. Just water. So I think of the three, I think Diva's probably the best. And if we're talking about like actually good probably dark beckoning beast and then nimble beaver although i think really i think those two are like tied now keep in mind that these like alternate like not alternate uh well like these uh extra extensions these extra packages that you could run these decks were only like four only like four cards a piece give or take yeah so if you really wanted to you could theoretically run well i'm gonna run a diva package and the dark beckoning beast package i got both options so, but you're not going to be running as many hand traps, which yeah. But that that's that's almost kind of like a bad thing in the deck is that you run so many hand traps. The yeah, deck can... runs like 18 hand traps or like de- defensive cards a lot of the time, and it yeah, but can you can really clog your hands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, yeah, so if you're like, I don't like having so many hand traps, you entirely have the option to back off on your hand trap lineup a little bit. And add in another package, like right. like like let's say you're running a diva, you can just run it. You can just also add in the beavers, or just add in the um, dark beckoning beasts. Um, I personally would still do beaver if I'm also doing the, like I, I personally would only ever do would only do the diva and the beavers because they're both water, which yes. gives you the cap- which gives you a capability to play under Gozen. Yes, not a great one, but it gives you one because then you right. can also because Hulk is water. Summon out, uh, you still have yeah, yeah, yeah. plays. So, something else you can do is you can run Sprite Adventure. I talked about this a second ago. Yeah. So, Sprite Adventure is. I don't know if it's the best way to play the deck because it does some weird things that are different, but it is a very good way to play the deck. Yeah, cause like, yeah, cause like, even if they, your opponent is able to completely stop your, uh, your like attempt to push to put up a board, you have all your, you have all your stuff, y'all, you have all your uh, adventure stuff to either insulate your combo, or just you just end on a Griffin Rider pass. Yeah, the thing about, um, the thing about adventure, the adventure build is, if you go full combo. And you end on your normal sprite board, which would be like the elf the, pointing at toad and the gigantic or something like that. So if if you're looking at that board and then you add in token griffin rider, the board's like crazy. The issue is that you have to play nine to ten extra non-engine cards yes and it cuts down on your hand traps a lot which for no extra payoff to your main engine right so the weird thing about it is that you have to be careful because to me this this deck actually this version to me actually has the highest ceiling it's the strongest 
it helped you get more kill lines and it helps you it also, break boards. Yeah, but it also gives you the option to, if you're like, this is the only way I can really do this, also you the opportunity to either bait hand traps or even yes. insulate yourself from them. Absolutely. Yeah, it does all of that. It, it yeah. baits hand traps, it insulates, it makes your end board stronger. Yeah. It helps you break boards. It's so good. It's so good. But it has one giant glaring issue. Well, one other advantage that you do have with that that I just that I just thought of that's not like a big advantage, but it is a thing you have to consider. Right. Is the ability to like attempt to go with your adventure stuff. Right? Yeah. And let's say you're like, okay, cool, I have like I'm gonna assume my opponent has like like I know my opponent has this in their hand because they searched it and they have two back row. Well, let's say they completely stop your uh, adventure stuff and they haven't they have using stuff you didn't even know they had and they're still sitting on stuff that'll just up, stop your combo yeah you can just go cool game two and they don't know you're playing sprite all they know is you have adventure right so which is a lot of decks i would say that the biggest issue for me with the adventure mm-hmm. build is that the deck is the deck dies very 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 hard to dark ruler no more which is an incredibly oh prevalent card in the format uh i would i would also i personally would also count uh for droplin there as well yeah, to a point at that point they have yeah. to negate like three at least three cards with droplet and yeah. then you still have probably like a smasher or something and you like you still have interaction yeah yeah well i mean either way you still have like smasher and other interaction yeah, yeah spell trap interaction I would still consider it though at like an asterisk. It's there, right. but you're probably not going to encounter it. But it is there, and you should and it should be mentioned. So that way, you're not sitting there like I got a full board, and they activate Dark Lord yeah, yeah, like yeah. Solemn Judgment. Ha ha. Uh, I mean, some people in the Avenger Builder citing Solemn Judgment specifically for it. Mm-hmm. So, just something to keep in mind. That's my biggest issue. I think that the deck actually has the most going for it out of all the versions, but it also has maybe the biggest drawback. Yeah. It doesn't... I think that the D.Va build plays through things well, and it puts up a good board, lots of recursion, but it also runs like 18 hand traps, so there's a great chance that you have like two to three hand traps in your hand, and if they Dark Ruler you, you still have some way to interact. Yeah, you still have the smash. You, like if you didn't, like you didn't have to search it, you saw the smasher. There are other things you can do on top of your right. normal combo. So the last one that I want to talk about here is Sprite Live Twins. I think that this is a very, very underlooked build of this deck. Sprite, very underrated. Yeah. So all the Live Twin monsters are level two, and they revolve around, well. They have Link 1s, but also their Link 2s are really kind of where a lot of their power is. Mm-hmm. And the ability to climb up into their Link 4 to both use it in a controlling game state kind of way, as well as a, how would I say, kind of... Oh, they can go into their Link 4 during your turn. Right, and use it to maintain advantage, pop cards on your field, draw cards, and just keep going. And then, like, let's say, you, like, let's say you even if you even out their board, they can just go, "Cool, my turn." Effects to bring back uh, Lilla and Kiss a Kill, make my big make make a uh, Trouble Sunny, boom for a crap ton of damage. Effect three hundred. Effect to split them, boom boom, and then main phase two, make a new Trouble Sunny. Right, it's kind of crazy, really. So, 
I think that the deck, if I'm not mistaken, the deck has a way to out mine in engine, which is cool. And just in general, it's strong. So of them, I think I would probably, if I'm building the deck right now with no ban list fears, because I think there's a legitimate amount of ban list fear surrounding the adventure yeah. engine. I think adventure engine would probably be the way to go. And it's got its flaws and it's got its issues, but I maybe play 45 cards to kind of counteract the bricks. Yeah, yeah. Maybe play a couple extra hand traps to kind of... Insulate a little bit. Right, insulate against the um, the main drawbacks of the engine. Actually, I think they're... Actually, I think the the uh, live twin out to Mystic Mine is just their... Uh, spell card. There's on time they summon a Liller kiss kill. Their opponent burns and they gain life points. And it's like, sure, let's go into time. I'm yeah. going to win, but potentially, yeah. So the the Live Twins version is very good, very underrated, very cool in my opinion. Yeah, and, and maybe the most underrated version of that deck. So it, ranking them is so hard because they're so similar. Mm-hmm. And they're all so good. I would maybe rank. I oh gosh, I probably still go Diva One because I think that that deck has the highest, maybe the potentially the highest combo ceiling as far as the different ways that you can go with it as yeah. the different lines with Hockey Firebacks are just so powerful yeah. to me. And then probably Adventure, and then Live Twins, and then Beaver, and then Dark Beckoning Beast. I would put Beaver and Dark Beckoning Beast, though, on, like, the exact same. Yeah, tied. Because al- they almost do literally the exact same thing. It's just that Beavers are just cooler. Yeah, yeah. You, like, normal summon <laughs> one monster, which fetches another one for you. And you yeah. have two level twos. Well, actually, that's also what Diva does. Yeah, but Diva's a tuner. Yeah, but D- yeah, Diva has the uh, added benefit of being a tuner. Yeah. And there are other versions of these decks that we haven't really discussed, uh, just for uh, just for poster- posterity's sake. Uh, Beaver says, "Nimble Beaver says, when this card is normal summon, you can special summon one level three or lower nimble monster from your deck or graveyard." So we'll just let you fetch the angler, who can then, when you go link to, no hand or it has to be sent from hand or deck. Hand or deck. So you can hmm. normal summon beaver, special summon another beaver. Yeah. Or you can do something like a foolish burial to send the angler and yeah, angler summon two, two beavers. beavers. Right. So, but uh, honestly, I probably put beaver at the bottom, but uh, beavers are cool. So, you know, yeah, I'll tie yeah. them. <laughs> <laughs> the, there's some other ways to play Sprite. We did mention Sprite Tri Brigade. I think that that is a super cool deck. I know it got third place at a remote dual regional over the weekend. Yep, because Kit and Karis are level two. Yep, so you can like normal summon Rescue Cat and go full combo. Or if you have double Karis, I saw a line with double Karis that ended on like Elf with a... Maybe maybe Elf Gigantic with a set Revolt and something yeah. else. It, but crazy they crazy hand but with they had just two Karis but they had to run a Lich Heart I think is the name of it yeah Triclaw Rykard yeah yeah because it's a it's a Link 1 Beast Warrior right right so you can go like like uh, activate Karis send Karis activate Karis on field summon the Rykard then Link 2 into Elf activate Elf summon back a Karis activate 
oh man what was it something like that something like something along yeah those lines. yeah it's kind of crazy honestly but yeah it's like super cool the, the really dangerous part about that deck is you have so many things that lock you so your sprite starter and your gigantic both lock you into level two level rank or link twos yeah and then, and your, then all of your tri-brigade effects lock you into only using beast beast warriors and wing beasts for link, link material right and then you also have tri-brigade bear brom you have to do last because it locks you into only special summoning tri-brigade monsters from the extra yep. deck or something like that yeah to go and fetch the uh the revolt, revolt yeah right. so that way you can make the sure egg correct on uh, your turn vanish on your opponent's turn you also have a sprite synchro build which relies on basically having hucky fibrax summon out a hoppier squadron actually hoppier squadron to summon out a herald of arc light on your opponent's turn yeah so and there's different ways to you which in that deck nasty. You, right there's also different ways in that deck to like go up into a baron and stuff so that deck's cool I think there's some bricks in it though, and it's just less in, less consistent. Not as good. It's cool, not as good. Yeah, and then Tier Limit has its build we didn't talk about. There's like a Tier Limit Telephon FDK deck that we didn't talk about at all. But With, without mm. yeah, without the uh, Duke Devil and stuff, Telephon just really isn't worth it. Yeah, I don't think it is either. Once so. you get the Duke Devil and stuff, it'll be more worth it, but in its own dedicated strategy. Right, right. Okay, so that'll wrap us up for today's episode. We're kind of over on time. We'll skip mailbag. We'll come back to it next week. Yeah, yeah. Also, I may or may not have forgotten to ask for mailbag questions. <laughs> so, but we had a lot to cover. And uh, we actually do have a couple of them that people had already posted. Just like, oh, I just thought of this in our Discord. Um, but we don't have we we don't have time to answer this. Yeah, yeah I would really like to just kind of let them save up for now. Yeah, let them stock up so we have like a nice backlog of them for sure. So, in the meantime, we want to of course thank again. Okay, okay, real quick. We'll do one. We'll do one. This is a good one. Okay. Billy Joel or Elton John, who do you prefer to listen to? Elton John. And it's not even close. It's not even close. I respect Billy Joel. I admire Elton John. <laughs> That's fair. I was just like, it's just Elton John. Um, and the thing that really, really uh, solidified Elton John is the better of the two for me. It's the existence of Rocket Man. No, actually. The existence of the entire Lion King soundtrack. No. Because, <laughs> um, like, those two solidified Elton John as his own individual... Um, legend. Legend. As opposed to the legend of uh, the, the other... Uh, Billy Joel. Yeah, Billy yeah, Joel. Yeah, Thank you. You can't even remember his yeah. name. Um, but the thing really... really Don't solid- come at me with this. It's Elton John yeah. and it's not but close. Like the, like, the thing that really solidified it, though, in my head, as in, yes, Elton John is the better probably the the best of his entire genre was entirely due to his uh, appearance in the in um the gorilla's pink ghost good song good song okay well thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of the podcast be sure to check out the team dark arm dealings youtube channel for tournament coverage of the tournaments that we go to check out etb games our locals be sure to check out of course the one and only millennium threads and of course if you want to support the podcast check out the affiliate links as well as our patron and please for those that are still here join our discord server we want more people to join our discord server it's something that we're really focused on right now yeah we're sharing we share memes all the time right we share memes we go over deck ideas we share memes we talk about what's happening in the community Mm -hmm. and we share memes and we also and we also trade 
we do trades and and we trade memes. Yeah, and we have locals and, and we trade they, memes. Yeah, at the locals. Yeah. So, be sure to check it out. We have we do remote duel locals. They're free every yep. Thursday. We just had the tournament tonight. It was great. Uh, but somebody needs to come in because Benji, who runs the Legacy Crusaders YouTube channel, uh, shoutouts, uh, he keeps dominating. Yeah. So if somebody could come in and, and help us fix that, <laughs> it would it would help out. Maybe figuratively knock him down a peg or two. Right, right. Well, for, I mean, you know, figuratively, literally, you know, whatever. But <laughs> also, the last thing that I'll put into this episode. Um, we did finally get a P.O. box. Woo! People have been asking us to get a P.O. box for a long time. And we finally went ahead and did it. We made the investment. So uh, if you want to send us stuff, we do have the P.O. box. The link should be down below. We also updated our Amazon wish list. So if if you're feeling really, really generous, uh, please be sure to That's out there for check you. that out. Right. So thank you all so much for listening and supporting the podcast. I very, very genuinely love y'all all. Uh, be sure to check out the Goo Cast. Like I said, it's great stuff. And uh, I'll, I'll stop right now. Uh, <laughs> in the meantime, hey, have a great weekend, everyone. Take care, everybody. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.